0: What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life Podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Hi, I'm Jeff Kinsbach. And I'm Patty. And I just want to thank everyone for the well wishes. I recently underwent open heart surgery, had a triple bypass operation, and I just want to thank you very much. The outpouring has really been incredible. You know, you can recover quite comfortably in an RV after major surgery. I mean, we had a lot of funny looks from doctors and nurses <laughs> saying... <laughs> we sure did. You know, is uh, do you, your house have one floor? Uh, yeah, sort <laughs> of. <You know? laughs> yeah. Uh, we're in an RV. Yeah. One what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people will ask, well, are you in a rehab facility?
1: Yeah, or... where are you staying? Are you staying with someone? Are you in a hotel? But no, you know, the RV our is RV. It's perfect. It's perfect. It really home. Is. It's comfy. It's, it's just perfect. It's small space. Yeah.
0: Bathrooms are closed. We have
1: everything we need,
0: everything is within reach. Yes. So we also have some really nice electric reclining seats.
1: Oh, they're so nice. He slept on that for eight eight nights
0: eight nights I did that
1: oh it was so nice all those nights to have the bed to myself see I loved that
0: (laughs) I knew it (laughs) well the important thing is not to turn over on your stomach or your sides and the recliner was absolutely perfect for I
1: that. I was so bummed when you said, you know what, I think I'm going to try the bed now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's all right. It I, easy it's easy to get okay. out of
0: that recliner, too, because it electrically just kind of lifts you up. So. But now
1: you're at a point where you can pretty much get up. You're right. And, you know,
0: after about two and a half weeks post-op, mm-hmm. it's amazing the recovery you make. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing a lot of walking. hmm And walking is one of the best things you can do when you have something like this. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, one of the advantages of being here in Northeast Ohio is the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. It's small, but it was the ninth most visited national park in 2022.
1: And ahead of Glacier. Wow. By the way, let me just say something. We have a special guest who's going to talk about the amazing hike she did, how to prepare, be safe, and a lot more great advice coming up. So stay tuned.
0: Yeah, that's going to be kind of the subject of this podcast. Yes. But Cuyahoga Valley National Park, no entrance fees, no gates. You just drive in. So, anyway, the other day I did a half mile of walking, which is just what the doctor ordered.
1: Speaking of national parks, this year has been rather rough one. Oh, yeah. Seven people have died in the parks due to heat exhaustion.
0: There's also been a lot of bad encounters with wildlife, including getting gored.
1: Oh, but there was a 48 year old woman who was just recently killed. She was out running. Well, she was running or hiking. I think she was running on a trail. Yeah,
0: she's a trail runner.
1: Just eight miles west of Yellowstone, and it looks like a bear got her. Yeah. Oh, so sad. A
0: lot of these accidents could have been prevented if people would have made better decisions. Mm -hmm. Now, listen to this. You talk about stupidity? Just recently, a shirtless guy was harassing a black bear in Yellowstone. (laughs) Now, that makes no sense. What's wrong with these people? And... The national parks now have increased the penalties, including jail, for interfering with wildlife. That's how bad it has become. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. Well, let's get back to the deaths because Mm -hmm. many this year have died due to the heat and not being prepared
1: oh yeah a few weeks ago a 71 year old guy collapsed and died in death valley national park in california the temperatures were 121 that's crazy i know and it doesn't end there a 14 year old boy died at the end of june after hiking big Bend national park in texas The temperatures reached like 110 degrees.
0: That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Now, our personal rule is not to hike beyond the low 80s. And at that point, it's iffy. Most of the time, we hike early in the morning when it is cool.
1: Yeah, and many people say, oh, it's a dry heat.
0: Yeah, I've heard that a lot. It's a dry heat. I'm sorry, but it can still kill you.
1: Oh, yeah. At the Grand Canyon, there was a woman who attempted to hike to the Colorado River and back within a day.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, she was
1: 36, and she was on the Bright Angel Trail. Oh, that's
0: the same trail we were on.
1: Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, she didn't make it. No. Oh, my gosh. And then there was another one. Just here in July, there was a 57-year-old woman who was hiking. She was on an eight-mile hike, and it was triple digits. In the Grand Canyon. I don't get it. I don't either.
0: How do you make decisions like that?
1: Oh, it's sad, you know?
0: Well, we got somebody who we're going to talk to. Somebody who actually took that hike all the way down to the Colorado River, but she spent the night and then hiked back the next day. Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear this. It's our daughter, Mackenzie (laughs) Kinsbach. She is a well-seasoned outdoors person. She's been trained in all sorts of different aspects of it, and she loves the outdoors, and she has some great information for you. Mackenzie, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Well, you're a veteran backpacker, and you hiked in the Grand Canyon, didn't you? Yes, I did. It
2: was actually my very first backpack.
1: wow Wow. and um when was that how old were you at the time
2: uh i think i was 20 that was 2016. Mm
1: -hmm. what month did you hike that
2: april That was in April of 2016.
0: Okay. This is an intense hike that you took. You went all the way down to the Colorado River and then back up, correct?
2: Yep, did it from the south rim.
0: How many miles did you cover?
2: So it was seven miles down via the South Kaibab Trail, and then we did nine and a half miles up on the Bright Angel Trail
1: oh that's the way you went first of all let's talk about going down how did that feel how many miles did you say that was to get from the top down to well phantom ranch right
2: yeah so we stayed at the uh, bright angel campground which is near phantom ranch it's okay. like half a mile away it was seven miles down on the south Kaibab trail
0: as you descended into the grand canyon what was the temperature when you started and what was the temperature when you got to the bottom did you record that did you know that
2: you know i didn't record it specifically but i do remember it being like a pretty comfortable breezy temperature up at the top that time of year i think it was in the 60s Kind of like shorts and sweatshirt weather it was it was nice and it was really clear weather but once we got down at the bottom it was hot like mm. 80s wow. uh, close to 90 just wow. absolutely sweltering and it's amazing you're going down from the from the south rim of the grand canyon down to the colorado river is more than a mile in elevation difference
0: wow that's wow. a lot what kind of supplies and equipment did you have to take with you
2: a lot of water (laughs) a lot i think i had probably three liters of water with me it's important to keep drinking water when you're going down and you're not you know exerting yourself as much when you're going down but it is hot and you are moving so we did actually come across a woman who was super dehydrated called the rangers she needed help to get back into a, a healthy spot and that was tough to see because you know you kind of expect like oh you're going downhill like it's not yeah. it's not too bad but but it is it's rocky there's a lot of steps it's steep at some parts so it's tough on the joints and like and you sweat you really do feel it because i had probably 35 pounds on my pack wow.
1: um,
2: and that's pretty heavy
1: wow that's I really heavy say so, so yeah. did you start like first thing in the morning
2: yeah, we started pretty early. I think if I if I were to do it again, uh, I would have started even earlier, mm-hmm. try to avoid some of that heat in the bottom. But we, I think we started maybe around 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were there was four of us and we had two tents between us. And you know, of course, we had our food for the night, which we we brought freeze dried meals. We brought some clementines, some. like granola bar snacks um, as well as enough clothes and, and water and and things like that to get through one night we only stayed one night down there
1: how long would you say it took you to get down
2: i think we got down in the early afternoon i think we ended up getting down there around like the hottest part of the day wow
0: so obviously you've seen a lot you've seen people dehydrated what do you think hikers biggest mistakes are
2: the biggest one that I continue to hear of is just not bringing enough water, and, and I've done it myself as well, and it, it feels pretty bad. That's not a good mistake to make. These days, I, that's like the biggest thing to, to pay attention to, and I have a water filter, so uh, I typically bring between two and three liters of water with me on, on a hike as long as I know that I can get water wherever I'm camping or somewhere along the way and then filter it Um, I have a lightweight filter that it filters out little bacteria and dirt and stuff so that it's drinkable.
0: Is there a cutoff temperature where you just will not hike?
2: Yeah, I know I'm not going to be happy if it's going to be above like 80, 85 degrees.
0: I mean, you know, we're hearing about people who are hiking in, you know, 100, 120 degree temperatures. It's not very wise.
2: No, and that's that's when you start getting into that heat exhaustion zone. It's important to keep your skin covered, and you can put on sunscreen and continue to put on sunscreen, but when it's too hot, you're going to keep sweating, and you're going to kind of sweat it off. So it's nice to have. I have like a long-sleeve button-up shirt that I'll put over a tank top that I hike in, and that keeps me protected from the sun. I have like a full brim hat that protects my face and my ears and the back of my neck. Um, and I typically wear pants as well, unless it's pretty warm, and then I'll, I'll wear shorts. But if it's hot and there's bugs, then you know your legs get bitten up. And maybe if the trail is a little rough, you, uh, you get your legs scratched up. So I find I'm a little bit picky, and I really like to, to hike when it's not
1: too hot. so you get down there, you set up your two tents. How did you guys sleep? I mean, did you sleep pretty good, or was it too warm? How'd you do there?
2: I slept great, Mm -hmm. and at night, it was, I just remember it being perfect. That was one of the best campgrounds that I have ever stayed at. The campground actually had running water and plumbing, so there were toilets and sinks, which was a pretty big luxury after hiking so far, but phantom ranch down there is a like full-time year-round outpost so there's rangers who actually live down there for like a year at a time so it's like a pretty well-developed place within the national park mm-hmm. the campgrounds themselves were pristine. they're right next to the Bright angel creek so you had the the like babbling brook sound at night we had a clear view of the stars obviously the the canyon walls obstructed a lot of the view but it was uh it was pretty cool to see the stars through the top of the canyon and the temperature was it was warm but comfortable i had a pretty lightweight sleeping bag yeah i slept i slept pretty well (laughs) but i typically sleep really well outside
1: oh my gosh (laughs) and then the next day
0: you had to return back up that canyon how did that go
2: That was really hard and I definitely, at the time, wished that I was in a little bit of better shape.
1: You guys did it all in one day, right?
2: Yeah, we did the hike up in in one day. So we took the Bright Angel Trail back up the canyon, which is different from the trail that we hiked down, and this one was nine and a half miles back up to the top.
1: Yeah, because that one's longer, isn't it? Isn't that one longer than the one you took down?
2: Yep, oh. it was seven miles down. Wow. And luckily there was a place to stop for water about halfway up. So that helped.
1: Maybe a little turk top. Yeah, you, you and you knew you were going to be able to get water if yeah, you needed so it. So you didn't
0: have to carry as much water. I would imagine that helps because going up oh is tougher gosh, than going gosh, down. You
1: had your 35-pound backpack on. Well, we did carry, you know, we carried
2: all the water that, that we could going up. But the thing is, you're exerting yourself more, still hot, and so you're drinking a lot more water. So it was nice to be able to refill and replenish. You got to drink a lot of water to stay hydrated. And luckily for us that day, we started really early in the morning, I think closer to 7 or 8 o'clock. But it was earlier than we had started the day before, and some clouds rolled in in the afternoon. So by the time we were getting up towards the top, it wasn't too hot. And it was, I remember it being a little bit cloudy and I was very grateful for that. <laughs> oh,
0: I would imagine so. Yeah,
2: it was, uh, it was pretty challenging. That pack felt really heavy towards the top. Oh my
0: gosh. Well, to wrap up, what kind of advice would you give a backpacker or somebody who's gonna hike in the parks?
2: Talk to the rangers first. The rangers are incredibly knowledgeable. They know what's going on in terms of, you know, if there's rivers that have washed out, trails or bridges, um, if you should expect bugs, how much water to bring. The rangers are your most valuable asset. Make sure also that you bring enough water that you know what you're getting into. It's really important to know how far you're going, where you're going. If there's going to be bears and other wildlife, it's really important to keep your food safe from them. So when I'm hiking in California, in Washington, which is mainly where I've been hiking the last few years, we always carry a bear canister and we put all of our scented items in that bear canister when we are away from camp. That way the bears, the squirrels, the chipmunks, the mice, they they don't like dig into your packs. They'll destroy your stuff to get at your food, even your sunscreen, some sunscreens, especially. You know, they're scented kind of, you know, in a nice way, like food, even chapstick or bug spray. It's all these scented items need to be kept away from animals to keep them safe and to keep you safe.
1: Great advice.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Mackenzie. Thank you so much. And you just completed a big hike. Where did you go this past weekend?
2: This week we went to Gothic Basin near Seattle. Mm -hmm. It was about four and a half miles each way and just really stunning it was a pretty accessible place it was only about two hours from where we're currently living and there were lots of people around uh, lots of people just out having a having a great time it was beautiful weather and
1: just stunning views everywhere
0: well we're looking forward to coming up there and visiting you very soon one
1: of these days we'll make our way out that way can't wait looking forward to showing you around here
0: have a good rest of the day yep thanks you too well, there she is, our daughter, Mackenzie Kinsbach.
1: Oh, my gosh. What an accomplishment, right? Yes. Can you imagine that, how that would feel afterwards? I
0: couldn't do that now. <laughs> no,
1: no way. I, I don't think I could do that when I was 20. No. <laughs> but well, uh,
0: She's an expert.
1: She really is. She's hiked all over the place and mm-hmm. backpacked. Yep. And uh, Been yeah. all
0: over the world, too.
1: Oh, yes. So, oh, yes.
0: And that's what you got to do. I wish I would have done that when I was young.
1: Oh, me too. You I know? know. What great experiences to have behind you. Yeah. I'm so proud of her, as well, well as you are, I'm sure.
0: That is it for this week. We're going to be back next week with another episode. Until then, we want you to stay safe and perhaps do what we do. We have a very good zoom lens for wildlife.
1: Yeah, we don't take
0: chances. No. <laughs> I'll take our shirt off and go see this bear. Yeah. What an idiot. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode.
1: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.